You're listening to The Wannabe Minimalist Show with Deanna Yates, episode number 77. On today's episode, I'm chatting with Marion Parsons, or you might know her as Miss Mustard Seed. Have you ever wanted to up-level or personalize the decor in your home but didn't know where to start? Well, my friend, this is the show for you. Stay tuned as Marion walks us through how to make your space feel like home and her five-step process from taking a space from nice to wow. Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Hey there, my wannabe minimalist friend. Welcome back to the show. As always, I'm your host, Deanna Yates, creator of littlegreenbow.com and your resident wannabe minimalist. Today is one of those moments as a podcaster that's a bit full circle for me. My guest on the show is someone I have known of and followed for several years. We're talking almost a decade number of years. It all started way back when I used to blog about crazy DIY things like building a sleeper sofa from scratch. Yes, I did that. Anyway, she has been well-known and respected in the DIY home decor space for a long time, so when her publicist reached out to me to have her as a guest on my show, I immediately said yes. When I tell people that I'm a wannabe minimalist, they sometimes jump to the conclusion that I have a starkly decorated home, and while minimalism is a design aesthetic, it is much more. For me, minimalism is about giving yourself the freedom and the ability to say no to those things that you don't like or that don't matter to you so that you can fully embrace the things that do work for you and the people that you share your life with. This is true in all areas of your life, from what you wear to the hobbies you choose, and of course, in how you style your home. And even though I have changed a lot since my DIY days and my design aesthetic is very different now, I knew my conversation with Marion would be amazing, and I was right. She is so nice and so giving, and she has a way of welcoming you in, and it makes you feel like your old friends sitting down with a warm beverage. Now, she has a new book out, and we talk about that in our conversation, but there is so much more to her, and I hope that comes across through our conversation as well. This woman knows her stuff when it comes to decorating a space that feels personal, unique, and welcoming to you and your family. So Marion Parsons is a wife, she's a mother of two boys, she's a paint enthusiast, lover of all things home, and author of a book called Feels Like Home. She started Mustard Seed Interiors in 2008 as a way to earn extra money for groceries. And what started out as a one-woman decorative painting and mural business evolved into an antiques business that tripped into a blog and blossomed into a successful international brand. While the focus has been on the home, the heart of her blog and business has always been providing encouragement and inspiration to women in the areas of decorating, homemaking, and creative endeavors. Our discussion starts with looking at how Marion's journey started. Hint, it was in a cookie-cutter suburban home when she was actually dreaming of living in a farmhouse, and why our relationships with our homes are so important. Then we dive into an area that I was selfishly looking forward to, and that's how to style your home to make people say, wow, you did this? 
I am happy to say that Marion did not hold back on the advice. So when you're finished listening to this episode, be sure to head over to littlegreenbow.com slash 77 to get the show notes for today's episode with links to Marion's site, her socials, and her new book. Again, you can find it all at littlegreenbow.com forward slash the number 77. And now let's get to my conversation with Miss Mustard Seed herself, Marion Parsons. Well, hi, Marion. Thank you so much for joining me on the Want to Be Minimalist show today. How you doing? I'm good, Deanna. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. So I know I know a lot about you. I have followed your blog, Miss Mustard Seed, for a long time now, and it was such an inspiration to me when I was doing more of my DIY stuff way back when. But for my listeners who are not familiar with you, because I'm now more on the minimalist side, um, why don't you just tell me a little bit about yourself? What led you to where you are now with your journey with decorating and DIY and interior design and all of the stuff that um, just makes you so wonderful? Oh, well, thanks. Um, I've always loved all things creative and growing up, my parents really encouraged me to try different things. Um, we did a lot of music. Uh, I did a lot of theater when I was younger and then just making things like little crafts. And my, I had one opot, one grandfather who's a builder, one who's an engineer. So we were always fiddling with things. And so I just kind of grew up with this, um, you know, just having my creativity really encouraged and, uh, about 12 or 13 years ago, uh, we really needed some money. We were just at home. I was a stay at home mom. I was, I had two small boys and we really needed some income. And really the only way for me to make an income was to do something from home. So I looked into some different options and eventually decided to start my own business. My mom especially really encouraged me in that. And I started doing decorative painting and murals. And then that sort of turned into painted furniture and refinished furniture. And then that evolved into a blog after about, uh, I don't know, a few months of doing that. And I've always loved um, decorating and home. So I'd been doing that a long time as a hobby and helping friends with that. And so it's one of those things that it just kind of was one little step and then followed by another little step and then another one and another one that just eventually led me to where I am now. So I'm now, I still share on my blog. I do freelance writing and photography for websites and magazines. And, um, and then I have the newest thing coming out is feels like home, the book that just came out. Oh, that's great. Well, let's talk about your book because um, it's fabulous. And so the book is called Feels Like Home, Transforming Your Space from Uninspiring to Uniquely Yours. And like you said, it just came out. I think it came out last month, right? Yep. It just came out in October. Fantastic. And so I love that it is down to earth and that it's filled with, you, you lead with authenticity and kind of this idea of making our homes feel like a reflection of our lives. And I love this quote from you and it's, um, I'm going to read it so I don't get it wrong. It's not perfect, but rather perfectly suited to us. And that is definitely what I inspire to in my home. So what is it that inspired you to write about this now? Well, it really was my move. So we moved from Pennsylvania to Minnesota And I was imagining buying this, you know, hundred year old Minnesota farmhouse. I'd never lived in the Midwest. I'd only visited once. So, you know, I'm just imagining all of these great old farmhouses and cornfields and everything. And 
where we looked, yeah, there is that sort of thing. But most of what was in sort of the radius around um, my kid's school and my husband's work was like suburban homes. And we had a pretty long list of things that we needed, like space for my business. And we we wanted to have an easy commute for work and school. We needed um, certain things for the boys and their age. We really liked the idea of living in a neighborhood so they could walk to the park and ride bikes with friends. And we, ha- we didn't have that where we were in Pennsylvania. So as we started looking, I realized like this old house is not going to happen. It's just not. <laughs> and so what we ended up in was this 13 year old suburban home with a two-story foyer, which was not what I wanted. <laughs> Very beige. Now it, it's, it's a beautiful home. It has a great floor plan, a lot of great features, but it just wasn't what I wanted. And I think Mm -hmm. that so many people can relate to that, that you end up in a home. That's just, it's the right location. It's within your budget. It's, it's just, you, you kind of have to settle. I think not many people get that dream home. Um, especially when you're have to balancing out like kids and school districts and all of that stuff. So I ended up in this home that wasn't really what I wanted. And I thought as I was writing a blog, I thought, oh, my blog audience is going to be so disappointed that I'm buying this like house that's really boring and beige. <laughs> and actually the feedback I got was this house is so much like mine. Like my kitchen is that exact same floor plan, or I have that those same cabinets, or I'm dealing with that same issue. So what I found is that it was so much more relatable than, mm-hmm. you know, maybe what I was imagining. And And so I've taken my blog readers on this journey of adding personality, adding my style to this kind of clean slate of a house. And um, that's where the book came from. We, I just felt like it was such a relatable story that it, it deserved a book of its own. And um, thankfully the the publisher agreed and it happened. (laughs) Oh, that's great. Well, what was one of your favorite ways that you transformed your home? since I'm sure there were countless ones. What's one of your favorites? Yeah, there are so many. I think it's a makeover really isn't necessarily about just one thing. It's about like layers. It's about a lot of small choices that then add up to, you know, become your look. So I'm going to go with paint, I think is my favorite way to make over a space. It changes a room in a day. It's inexpensive, yeah. even, even using high quality paints, so you're still talking about one or $200 to completely transform the look of a room and the way it feels, um, make it look fresh, make it yours. So we have painted almost every surface in this house. So, um, so that's, it's gotta be my favorite. Definitely. There you go. Keep going back to it. Makes sense. That it's the favorite. Yeah. <laughs> So we talk about this relationship with our homes and I talk about this a lot too, because we spend so much time here. So, I mean, I think that's why I think that that relationship is so important. Is there something else you'd like to add to that? Or then how can we improve our relationships with our home? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I I think that um, a lot of people over the last, you know, year and a half or so, during lockdowns and stay at home orders and school from home, working from home, that we've realized that maybe our homes 
weren't what we wanted them to be or what we needed them to be. Or now we're needing them to be totally new things. We need them to be an office and a place to do schoolwork and and a place to work out or a place to do recreational activities, um, whereas we would do those outside of the home before. So I think that it's made people really think about it. And um, what I would always encourage people to do or what I encourage them to do in the book is to not make default choices with your home. Just because the dining room is a dining room on the floor plan does not mean that's what it has to be. Maybe that's going to be better to be your office or a school room or a library or a, an art studio or a music room. Um, just because something is, you know, a kitchen eating area doesn't mean it has to be that since everybody hangs out in the kitchen. Maybe that should be, you know, maybe there should be a sofa in there and that could be a hangout space. So I think being, um, willing to customize your home just beyond the putting your, your paint color on the wall, but actually using each room the way it's going to benefit you the most. And there are so many rooms that go that are underutilized or unutilized, like a formal dining room, like a guest room. How can you use those rooms better to really customize them to suit what you need the house to be? Yeah. couple questions um, off of that. Do you think will be using our homes. I mean, I know we've, we've like just totally had to use them so much over the last couple of years. Do you think that's a trend that'll stay? Or do you think people are going to go back more to being out? I don't know. I'm curious. I'm really curious over the next couple of years to see what happens. I, you know, I don't know for sure, but what I see happening. And I think what we felt in our own family is that when, when everything we were under stay at home orders in our state, um, my, my husband's, he worked for a church and the church was closed for a period and just doing online services. And then all of the stuff that the boys were doing stopped yeah. and, you know, the gym memberships frozen everything. And we were just home. And for a while it was like, man, so this is what this feels like to not have something every evening of the week and to be racing here and there and trying to coordinate who's going to drive who where and when we're available and all of that stuff. And so I think what we've experienced is then feeling like this felt good in a, in a way, and we need Mm -hmm. to edit our lives a little bit more. And Mm -hmm. I, I think we're not the only people who felt that way that Mm -hmm. they decided, you know, maybe we are going to work out at home instead of paying the gym membership and driving over there and doing that. You know, maybe we are going to, to do more things online that we can, we don't have to travel as much, or I don't have to be in person for a, you know, community meeting. We can just meet online. So I I think it'll be interesting. I I think it depends a lot on the kind of person you are, you know, how much Mm -hmm. social interaction you need. Definitely. Um, But I do think it made people really think about editing. I'm sure you've talked about that. Oh, for sure. Minimalism and just like that goes with your stuff and your schedule. And, um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I think we are all changed though, because of it. So how are we going to be changed? Yeah. I don't know. know. We'll have to see. Yeah. I was curious because I feel like we're at a different stage in life. We have one daughter, she's eight, but we had just moved to San Diego six months before the pandemic Mm -hmm. started. So we didn't have, we weren't settled in. We didn't have all of these things going on. And we had spent so much time. We had been traveling around Europe for a year and a half before that. So we had 
not really had these big commitments. We had been used to being the three of us all the time. And so I was just curious how maybe it affects people that had been more, you know, settled and you have two kids that are really involved in their community and, and have a lot going on. So, you know, for us, it didn't feel as big of a shift as I know it felt for a lot of other people, because it was kind of how we had been living our lives and we'd been going out a lot more and like exploring new cities and things like that. But we were so used to being the three of us all the time that I don't know, that part was just wasn't as much of a shift. I don't know. It was just different. So anyway, that was just a selfish ask. <laughs> oh yeah. That's when well, I had already worked yeah. from home. So it's like, well, right. I'm just, I'm just going to keep on doing what I'm doing. Um, I right. didn't have to change my schedule in that respect quite as much as other people did, but yeah, you know, it's there were definitely other challenges with it, with yeah. know, homeschooling for, sure. for a while and all of that. All of that. Oh, gosh. oh, the homeschooling. Oh boy. Yes. Yeah. I'm yes. glad we're not in that stage anymore. <laughs> I am very glad that I never went into teaching. I, I cherish our teachers greatly now. <laughs> not that I didn't before, but newfound respect. All new appreciation. Yeah. <laughs> so something else I was going to touch on was you were talking about, you know, making small changes over time. And we may get into this in a moment, um, but how do you know what small changes to make or where to start? Or um, how do you even pick what design you want to go with? Because I think that's where a lot of people get hung up is because you've maybe you've moved around a lot or you're in this space and something doesn't jive, but you're not quite sure what it is. How is it that you kind of uncover those little nuggets that you know, okay, this is, I'm going to go this route and and let's just try that path for a while. Yeah. And I talk about both of those things in the book, because I feel like that's what I get asked most is like, well, how do I know my style and how do I, yeah. How do I know where to start? And so I think there's a couple of things, first of all, for discovering your style, what I suggest doing is instead of taking a style quiz that has like, you know, six answers, which it's like, you know, well, what if I don't fit? And most people aren't going to fit neatly in one of those boxes. So instead of doing that, or instead of like going to Pinterest and picking out pictures of homes that are not yours with stuff that you don't have, um, go around your house and gather your favorite things. And it can be anything. It doesn't have to be a decorative item. Just what are your favorite things? Things that you like because of the texture, things that you enjoy using, things that you like wearing, um, things that maybe you inherited that have special meaning for you and gather those together and put them either on the floor or on a table. And if you can, if you can just leave it out for a few days and just observe it, if you can't then take some photos of it and just observe those photos. And for people who aren't used to like creative exercises, this sounds really weird, but what happens is it's sort of like when you go to a store and you gather a bunch of items and then you see like, oh, this is me. I can clearly see it. These are the colors I like. This is the stuff that I picked out. And through this big store that has all of these styles represented, I have curated my style. So it's kind of that way in your home. You're going through and you're curating the things that are your favorite and putting them together without any rhyme or reason, just what's your favorite stuff and observing it in a way of, okay, what do I see here? What do I like? What am I drawn to? Maybe there's a clear color palette. Maybe you like a lot of color. So it's, it's 
there are so many colors represented. Maybe you like naturals, maybe um, you like uh, organic elements. Maybe you like a ton of texture. You like things that are shiny. Like it can just kind of show you your style in a way that's very visual. And that's not about, well, you're country and you're modern mm -hmm. and you're this, you know, it's just like, my style doesn't need a word. This is my style right here. Everything that I've gathered. And I think it gives you permission to then buy the things you love and love the things you love and not feel like, well, but I don't fit in this box. I don't, I'm not following trends. Um, so that would be my suggestion for finding your style. And then the second part of it is to really listen to your home and the space that you're living in, whether it's rented, whether you own it, what does that space say? Is it what is the style of the space? Is it more modern? Is it more traditional? Is it more contemporary? And then finding the touch points of where does it meld with your style? Um, what you see, what do you see is in common? Sometimes, you know, the space is just kind of assigned to us because it's, you know, I grew up as a, a military brat. So we always mm. lived in army housing, which it's like, here's your apartment. There you go. <laughs> This is the one you're living in. And then you have to just work with it and make the best of it. And, um, you know, but then other people, the more common situation is you get to pick your house and which apartment you like or which house you like. Um, but I think it's important to listen to the house so that you're not trying to, you know, sort of, you know, fit a, a round peg into a square hole. It's just, mm -hmm. it ends up feeling disjointed and feeling like it's kind of you versus the house instead of a collaboration. And I definitely felt that when we moved here, we moved from a 1940s Cape Cod with low ceilings, smaller rooms. So all of my furniture was pretty small in scale uh -huh. and I had a lot more primitive pieces. And when we moved into this suburban home that had ceilings that were a foot higher and bigger windows, bigger rooms, all of my furniture just shrunk and it looked dinky. It just didn't, there was this disconnect between the house and the pieces that I had. So I had to go through and say, okay, what of my things that I have really work with this house? Where is there this harmony happening? And I found that it was more in the European antique pieces that I had and some of the larger pieces like the hutches and the armoires and wardrobes those were the pieces that really worked in this house more than like tiny little dental cabinets <laughs> you know just things like the, the quirky little pieces just didn't work in this house so right. um you know it's still your style but you're finding like where that harmony is we will be right back and now back to the show hmm. I love that. I love thinking about your home as a member of the family as well, right? And it's kind of the, you know, open arms that greet you when you come home and what is it saying to you and how does it want to feel and fit into, you know, your family? I love yeah. that. Giving it that personality and making it part of, you know, who you guys are. Yeah, it's a little nostalgic, but I do yeah. think like a part of, you know, if you're one of those people who drives through old neighborhoods and you look at the houses and sort of pick which ones you like and which ones you would love to live in and all of that, I see a part of living in your home is being a part of the story of making it a great old home one day. Mm -hmm. And you can do that by making choices that honor your style, but also honor the house so that 
you know, a hundred years from now, it's not like, oh, who ripped out all the original, you know, the original banisters and the things yeah. that we angst over when we see really old homes that people have like, they remodeled in the seventies and completely disregarded the style of the home. So I try to think of my house through those terms. What are the, what are the elements that really are a part, an important part of the house and how can I honor those while still, you know, showcasing my own style. Nice. Well, I'm going to be a little bit selfish here because we just moved a week ago. Wow. A, yeah, literally <laughs> the moving truck was last Monday as of when we're recording this. So we, it's a 1969 California ranch. I am in love. I mean, oh my gosh, I feel so lucky to live here. Um, but yeah, it is kind of one of those things where I'm like, okay, it's new. Now, what do I, now what do I do with it? Cause it definitely has that kind of mid-century modern vibe, but somebody bought it in the eighties and put in all these lovely eighties light fixtures. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, those are definitely on the way out. Um, but I've heard you talk about this concept of taking your space from nice to wow, you did this, like having someone walk in and go, wow, this was all you. So how would I go about doing that in my home where I'm like, okay, it's got great bones. I absolutely love the starting point. Maybe that's somebody doesn't have that. So maybe there's a point there for them too, but yeah. Now how do I make it feel like it's just, yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So I go through five steps and I'll kind of just brush through them real quick. So one would be finding a some sort of a statement piece for each room. And it could be something that sort of flows through the whole house. Maybe there's this overarching statement piece that you love and would like to sort of have threaded through the home. It could be, and it could be anything. It could be a piece of art. It could be a rug. It could be a kind of fabric. Um, It doesn't have to be an enormous piece. It could be a piece of furniture, but what it is, is it's something that acts as a compass when you're decorating your home. So you can Mm. say, this, this is what is going to lead me in the right direction. And I think it's what can help you stay off track when you see things that you love and appreciate, but maybe aren't going to work in your house. So that's so much a key of, you know, I think creating a great space is almost more about what you don't buy than what you do buy. So, um, having that compass in place can help you, um, you know, to make good decisions. I think you also need to have a focal point in each room. And some of those are built in like a fireplace or like a range in a kitchen or picture windows. Uh, but in a lot of rooms, especially in suburban homes, there is a big box uh, for a bedroom and that's it with a window and a closet. So how can you add a focal point? Is that going to be the bed? Is that going to be maybe a large piece of furniture? Is it going to be some kind of a, an accent wall or maybe of course wallpaper is huge now. Maybe it's a big wallpaper mural, but something that like right when you walk in the room is like, oh, it just draws your eye. And then again, as you're, it can act as a bit of a compass as you're, as you're decorating the room. If you're fireplace, for an example, is your focal point, then you want to make sure the furniture is designed around that, is is positioned around it. And you want to make sure that maybe that's where you put the art or that's where your lighting is going to be 
the brightest or where it's going to point to. So it can help you with making, like if you make these decisions up front, then all the smaller decisions can be a lot easier, which I think those smaller ones can get overwhelming. Um, and then the last ones would be add layers. So have a lot of different textures and a lot of layers playing in. And this is where it comes, you know, comes into play to just make one decision at a time and all these decisions that add up into layers that look like you. Hmm. Um, and then the last two would be to add something that's unexpected. And this doesn't have to be something that's like crazy or off the wall, but maybe something that pushes you a little bit. Um, maybe it's color, maybe it's just doing something that's a little unexpected. It's just about trying things that are different. And again, like kind of working outside of the box of, well, this is the dining room. So we're going to put a dining room set here with chairs and a buffet and a mirror of the buffet and a chandelier. We're, we're going to actually try to do something that's maybe a little bit different. That's maybe unexpected. Um, and then the last one would be to add your personality. And I think um, that doesn't have to be through like family photos everywhere and stuff, but just having things around that are unique and meaningful to you. And that could be family pieces. Like I see behind you, you oh, have yeah. this strange little baby outfit and a yeah. hat. And I mean, stuff like that, that it's like, this is us. This is yeah. a part of our life and our story. And by having those things, those are things that nobody else is going to have that specific thing. And that is what makes people want to like lean in and really look at your space. And I think that's what makes it feel that's your home. That's where our mm. little baby outfit is hung on the wall. You know, yeah. that's our home. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think that those are some elements and obviously I go into a awesome. lot more detail on like how to do that and how you can play around with texture and learn to mix, mix textures and learn to add layers and all of that um, in the book. Yeah, it's great. Fabulous. Thank you. Thanks for the little <laughs> sure. personal, personal moment there. <laughs> so, but how do you include your family members in this process? So I know a lot of it, you know, is going to come down to, you know, generally there's one point person. I, I agree that there should be one point person because it can get really difficult when everybody's involved, but you obviously your family is super important because this is their home too. So how do you work through a process like that? Like what happens if your partner doesn't like the same style? How do you start to meld stuff? How do you, I mean, I know that's a lot, that's a really big topic, so we're not going to go too far into that. It's like counseling. Yeah, it is like counseling. So how do you kind of at least just bring them into the process with you? Well, I think the exercise I described about finding your style, I think is wonderful to do with your spouse, with who you live with, with your kids, to have them collect their favorite things and see what they are. And so that you can see what their style is and what their favorite things are. And, and so that they can see it as well. And then, so especially for someone you're decorating with, like a spouse is going to be the most common or room roommate or whoever you live with, who kind of has equal say in what the house looks yeah. like, and you know, <laughs> you're spending the money together and all of that. Um, then find if, so if you do that exercise and find like where the, where's the commonality, like for my husband, he doesn't have a very strong opinion about decorating style, but he has a very strong opinion about the way things function. Mm -hmm. And we had to really work on that where, um, 
for me, it was like about how things looked and it was okay if there was a chair that you couldn't sit in because it like, it didn't have a back leg and it would fall over. So it was just like a decorative chair. Um, and for him, that was not okay. Cause I need to be able to sit in all the chairs that are in my house. So through the years we learned like, okay, here's kind of the Jeff threshold for what needs, how it needs to function, how comfortable it needs to be. And then here's my threshold for what it needs to look like and for the aesthetics and the beauty of it. So I just think it comes down to really good communication and listening to one another. And, and I think it does come down to being able to find some compromises. Um, a good example for us is I like to paint pretty much everything and we have some dark wood built-ins in the basement. And to me, they're like late 1990s cabinets, like they're fine, but I would want to paint them to, you know, I look like an old English library or something. And, and he is just insistent. I can't paint those. So, um, it was a challenge for me. I had to, they have a very reddish tint and I'm like, Mm. okay, well, this is, you know, I've kind of pressed it and I've asked, and he's let me paint the kitchen cabinets and all the other built-ins, but I need to respect that he loves these and does not want them painted. So Mm. I am going to use that as a challenge and I'm going to figure out how to make it work. So, um, I think it's just getting creative and, and being respectful of one another. It would be super disrespectful if he just came home and I'm like painting it like, well, I want to paint them. So, so yeah. deal with it. So oh, absolutely. I <laughs> yeah. talk about that a lot with people always ask me, they, they want to declutter and they, you know, I ask them like, well, what's mm. the biggest thing, you know, you're struggling with. And they're like, oh, my spouse's stuff. And it's always like, have you dealt with your own stuff yet? Do you know what you really want or your why? And, you know, having that communication with them and, and it's absolutely does come down to, yeah, just being open and honest and understanding why you want something and then listening to your partner. Um, and then same with your kids too, you know, they, they are their own people and they have their own opinions and, um, yeah, I feel it's really important to respect um, the other members of the household. So thanks. Yeah. I love that idea though, of gathering all the stuff and doing it together and saying, okay, everyone, you know, go gather your five or 10 favorite things and bring them into the living room. And then you can see how they would go together, or you can see each, each person's little capsule and then kind of working together. And that would be a really fun family exercise to do. I love that. Absolutely. I think we should do that in our house. (laughs) I think we're to this point, we're pretty similar now. We've moved around a lot. We've obviously we've gotten rid of a ton of stuff, but that would be really fun to do as a family exercise. So yeah. Yeah. And it's, I think it's especially fun with kids because they don't know what their style is, but they just know what they like. And, and I think with, especially with little kids and you can ask, well, why do you like this? Is it the color? Is it the way it feels? Is it that you enjoy spending time with it? Like it's a toy that you really love. Like, is it, does it bring out your imagination? Like, what is it that you love about this? I think it can help us, um, learn our family members better, but also it can help us see like, oh, wow, I'm really, I'm drowning out their style. I'm Mm. not listening to them because what they have out doesn't look anything like our house or any room in our house. And maybe it's time to fix that. Or, um, I think it also gives kids a chance to, to have a say in what their room looks like, but again, in a way that's like, okay, so let's take a look now at what, 
at the things you like. And then let me give you some choices that go along with that. So it's not like, here's the paint deck, pick a color, any color you want. Like it's a, it's a way to set parameters, but to let them still be a big part of the process and be kind of, you know, steering the ship. Oh, that's so good. Oh, my heart broke a little bit, but I think that's true. I think that happens a lot that we do as parents drown out our children around the home sometimes. And so, oh, that's a good thing to keep in mind. I love that. Thank you for pointing that out. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Cause you do. I mean, this is their, this is their sanctuary as much as it is ours. And I think sometimes it's even more so for the kids, just because this is all they know. They don't understand the outside you know, the fact that they are going to leave this home one day and make their own home and do all of that when they're younger. So absolutely. They need to be a big part of the, um, the conversation and, and yes, of course now I'm not painting my office pink for my daughter, but you know, (laughs) she is represented. Like you said, you know, you can see her in little touches around, you know, with that baby outfit I have behind me, that's the outfit we brought her home in. We found out we were pregnant right before we went to Paris. So we bought this on Champs-Élysées. Like there's so much story that goes into that piece for me. And it is, it's, you know, just, just that little touch that really does show that it's important and it doesn't have to be their colors and it doesn't have to be like craziness, but just those little pieces. Yeah. So, yeah. And I've told my kids, so even as a mural artist, both my boys are like, Oh, oh, I want that Star Wars Ooh. mural in my room. And I'm like, no, I will do that for a paying client, but I'm not going to do that for you because we're going to be painting over it in like six months because yeah. then you're going to be into something else. So I've always said like, we're not going to do like huge character themes, but if you would like posters or pillows or, you know, just something that we can add in and then change out as what mm. you're into changes, then we can do that. But the funny thing is, so I love antiques and neither of my boys like antiques. They both like sort of more modern. One of my boys likes very like mid-century kind of stuff. And, and, um, so I'm like, okay, well, we're gonna, we'll do that. Then we'll go a bit more modern in your rooms and do a bit more mid-century. So I'm not allowed to put (laughs) antiques in their room, but I I respect that. I get that. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Okay. Well, let's kind of rein this back in. I could talk about this stuff all day long, but if you were starting your journey today, I like to ask this question because obviously in life we grow so much over time, but people listening are just starting today. They don't have the advantage of going back and having 12 you know, plus years doing this. So if you were starting over again today, what would be kind of that first thing that you would do, you know, no, now knowing what you know? As far as in my home or with, yeah, like with, yeah, with this kind of putting our homes and making them feel like they belong to us and they're uniquely ours. Hmm. It's hard to kind of turn the clock back because what, yeah. so knowing what I know now, I, I mean, I think I kind of did what I would suggest and that is yeah. learning how to, um, like learning how to do things so mm-hmm. that you can create, you know, make your own thing, whatever it is that you want. Um, I find that, you know, when you're, especially when you're a newlywed or when you're just setting up your first house, or maybe, you know, you've been traveling for work or for whatever, and now you're setting up a home and you kind of have to start from scratch with furniture and, and things. I think one of the best things you could do is learn how to paint and sew and, 
um, hang stuff on the wall. It amazes me yeah. that some people like don't know how to hang curtains or don't know how to hang a picture, like something that simple. I kind of take it for granted that like, well, you just put a screw in the wall and hang, you know, look right. for a stud and all that. Um, so I think learning how to do those things, mm. it's first of all, you're going to make a lot of mistakes, but it's super empowering. It's very empowering to be able to just do it yourself. And it doesn't, you can take that as far as you want. Like if you want to get into doing your own tiling and plumbing work and all that, you know, go, you know, then you can go as far as you want, but just knowing some basic things, how to hem a curtain, how to make, how to paint your own walls. Um, it just gives you so many options to create the home that you want um, and not having to then hire it all out and, yeah. you know, have to budget for um, the labor for everything. You can kind of make it happen. Right. And you can make it happen then faster and you don't have to be, you know, yeah, don't be afraid of trying something new. And that's how we learn. And so, oh, I love that. That's a great tip. So I know people are going to want to find you. And if they haven't already, where is the best place for people to come find you? You have your website, you have a podcast too, right? So yeah, let's make sure people know where to find you. So if you just Google Miss Mustard Seed, you'll find me. But um, if you look on Instagram, I'm at Miss Mustard Seed. I'm on YouTube. I'm also on my blog, which is MissMustardSeed.com. Um, that's where I share kind of a little bit of everything. And, um, and then our podcast is called The Creative Exponent. And I do that with my friend, um, Shauna Parker. And we just talk about discovering, upholding, and sharing your creativity. So it's just a lot of talk about creative work and a lot of encouragement for people who are, you know, either exploring that or currently doing creative work. Yeah. I love that. Oh, so good. Creativity is it's nice. And it's been a really nice thing to explore over the last couple of years. I think we've gotten a little bit, we've had a little more freedom to do that because we've been so bored. <laughs> and so it's been really nice to get to do that. So, yeah. um, wonderful. Oh, Marion, this has been so great. So, um, the, my favorite way to end every episode is with three rapid fire questions. So number one, what's been your favorite simple pleasure this week? So, tea staining paper, which is so random, but I started doing that over the weekend and it was just such a fun little thing. And I made this stack of all these different papers that I soaked in tea and baked them in my oven. And now I've got this fun little stack to draw and paint and create on. Nice. Will you be posting about that so I can come look at it? I will. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Okay, cool. Very cool. Um, and then what is the best advice about life design or DIY that you'd love to share and pass on? Okay. So I saw DIY and actually what I already said is to learn to paint. And sew. that's what I would definitely say. But for, I, let's say for general, for life, I think, um, I think just give yourself, I, well, I'll say to be curious, to always be willing to learn and to know that you don't know everything and you don't have it all figured out. And I think people who are willing to do that get a lot more out of life. They're willing to experience new things and try new things and fail and, but then also learn that there are some hidden talents. Ah, That's a good one. I really like that one. And then what is making you happy right now or in this season of your life? So definitely books. I love books. <laughs> I just absolutely love them. Now, not like novels, although I do love novels, but I, I have to have, like, I have to be on a novel diet because mm. otherwise then that's all I'll do. Me but too. I love um, art books, decorating books and um, things that 
just provide inspiration that's very different from what you get online and Mm. being on a screen. I find them to be just, they just are super um, inspirational, fulfilling. I learn so much and I always get excited after reading a book. (laughs) Ah, great. Well, yeah. And then it helps inspire you to do more and be more creative and try something new and, ah, Love that little cycle going around and around. So yeah, creativity comes from overflow. So you've got to have, you've got to have input. And if, if you, so I would say if people are feeling like, man, I just like who has the energy for that, then you need some input that really gets you excited to do things that are creative. Yeah. Little bonus tip right there, everyone. Make sure you do that. We're filling up our own cups so that we can give more back. It's not selfish. It's, it's helping us so that we can help others. So yes. Oh, Marion, thank you so much. This was wonderful, inspiring. Um, just generally, I know listeners are going to, you know, feel like this is super helpful. And one thing I love about it is it doesn't matter what your style is. These tips can work because I'm sitting here and I'm looking at our different spaces yeah. and how that different too. they are. And I took a screenshot picture of this. So if you haven't, if you want to check it out, go to our Instagram feeds and you'll see it there. But yeah, I mean, the tips still work regardless of if you have your style or my style, which is much starker and plus everything's in boxes still, but you know, I I just love that. I love that it's all customizable and, um, you know, we can just use this no matter what your style is. So everyone make sure you grab the book. It's fantastic. Again, it's called feels like home, transforming your space from uninspiring to uniquely yours. And it's out wherever books are sold. So awesome. Marion, thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Deanna. Well, that was so much fun for me, and I hope it was helpful, fun, and inspiring for you too. It's just a wonderful reminder that we deserve to have homes that are reflections of ourselves and our families, and by personalizing our homes, we can unlock our full potential to give more to the world around us. Thank you again to Marion for sharing so freely. Make sure you check out her book if you are trying to figure out how to make your space feel like home and a unique reflection of you and the people who live there. You can find the link to her book, website, and her social channels on my website at littlegreenbow.com slash 77. Again, that's littlegreenbow.com forward slash the number 77. That just about wraps it up for today's episode, but before I go, I want to take a minute to thank you for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Wanna Be Minimalist show and have not done so already, go ahead and subscribe to be notified of new episodes wherever you are listening today. And when you subscribe, please feel free to leave a review. Your reviews help me be able to bring more guests onto the show. Reviews give me insights into what you want to learn more of, and your reviews help me know what you find most valuable. This podcast is created to be a resource for you. It is not about me. It's so that I can serve you on your journey to the home and life you want. So your reviews help me know and understand what you would like to learn about and hear more. All right, that takes care of our show for this week. Join me next week when I will be talking about gratitude and being grateful in our homes and lives. It's perfect for Thanksgiving week. See you then. Cheers. <laughs>